0: to the RPC Sermons podcast. Today's message is a part of our sermon series, How Shall We Live? You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellprez.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture passage this morning comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. But before we read, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, We are so grateful for your scripture, for your living word for us that teaches us how to live so that we might flourish. God, we thank you for your word and we pray that our minds and our hearts would be open to where you are speaking to us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Listen now for the word of the Lord. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you probably know, we are continuing our sermon series on the Ten Commandments with the Fifth Commandment as our focus this week. I have to tell you, I was so excited when I saw the text and title I had been assigned. The title was R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yes, a shout-out to Aretha. I tried to get John Perry, our director of music ministries, to use the song in worship, but he said no. I know, it's not exactly worshipful. But I'm still excited. You see, given the pandemic and the exorbitant amount of time I've spent with my children, I was thrilled to be able to write a sermon about how children should honor their parents and then make my children listen to it. You know, now I am a part-time teacher at home facilitating digital learning. My children aren't exactly excited. My preschooler is very honest about telling me that he enjoys Mimi's school much more than Mommy's school. And my second grader thinks I know nothing about what he is learning, even though I remind him that my former career was as an educator and I'm actually certified to teach his grade. So needless to say, I've been coming into this sermon excited. I had a plan at the beginning to help all the parents out there, including myself. And we will get to that. But there is so much more to this commandment. As I prepared for this sermon, I did a lot of thinking and reading about this commandment. This commandment is deeply complex and people can experience the weight of its words differently depending on their experiences with parents. I immediately thought back to my time when I was a teacher and my students' parents. I had some students that had wonderful parents, and then I had others whose dad was in prison or the mom that was running an illegal operation out of the home she shared with her three girls. I thought of the parents I chose not to call about their child's disrespectful behavior because I feared what would happen to the child as a result. And then I remembered the boy who was adopted at age 13. He had experienced every kind of abuse from his biological parents, and he had severe trauma resulting in major social, emotional, and learning needs. But in just two years of living with his loving adoptive parents, he had made incredible strides and was thriving in school and in life. These are just a few of the people that came to mind and I know we all have our own experiences with parents and for some of us this commandment is easier to digest than it is for others. But I would ask that we all come together with open minds to take a fresh look at this commandment and what God is asking of us through it. We will take a look at how families have changed throughout history from the time the commandments were written until now. We will look at how this commandment is about honoring God first and foremost. We will discuss what this means in regards to parents who have been absent or abusive or immoral And finally, we will talk about practical ways to live out this commandment. Another name for the Ten Commandments is the Decalogue. And the Decalogue can really be looked at in two major sections. The first section is made up of the first five commandments. These first five deal with humanity's relationship with God. And the second five deal with humanity's relationship with humanity. Sometimes the fifth commandment gets lumped into the second section, but it really has a lot more to do with our relationship with God and then how that informs how we relate to others. It's really at the perfect spot to bridge the two parts of the Decalogue. Now, to say that family structure is different now than when the fifth commandment was written is a gross understatement. When this commandment was written, fathers had remarkable powers. They were heads of families, and their rights over their children were absolute. They could sacrifice their children. But children were also considered an extension of the parents. In the Pentateuch, which is just a fancy name for the first five books of the Bible, fathers that did something wrong it was thought that then their children and their grandchildren would perish. However, while the absolute power of the father could be cruel, it had a limiting factor. Children were an asset. Nowadays, when we talk about having children, we talk about how expensive it is to have a child. But at that time, children were a form of prosperity. As Joy Davidman says in her book, Smoke on the Mountain, Even a selfish father could be trusted to look after his young fairly well, for his own sake. The role of children has evolved too, perhaps not as drastically as the role of the father. In the ancient Near East, children were expected to maintain their parents' status in society, honoring and revering their parents to maintain their dignity. Another concern in ancient Near Eastern laws and wisdom was for children to support and care for their aging parents. Now as time continued on, family structure continued to change. Take, for instance, Imperial Rome. By the time of the Apostle Paul, the Mediterranean basin was so overpopulated that types of birth control were being invented to stop family growth. The number of children you had was no longer a mark of prosperity. And the Apostle Paul actually warned parents about making their children angry. In Ephesians 6-4, he addresses the fifth commandment and then adds, And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This helps to clarify God's commandment. A father's role is not supposed to be about absolute power, but rather to bring children up in the instruction of the Lord. Author David L. Baker says it beautifully in his book, The Decalogue, Living as a People of God. Honoring parents is a duty that follows naturally from following God. Honoring parents is also associated with honoring God and keeping the Sabbath. Baker cites two scriptures that support this. In Leviticus 19.3, God says, Each of you must respect your mother and father, and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. And again, in that same chapter in verse 32, God says, Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. The same Hebrew verb used in this command for honor is also the same verb used elsewhere for showing an attitude of respect and reverence towards God. Baker also makes the point that it is notable that mothers and fathers are due equal respect from their children. Perhaps to emphasize this point in a patriarchal society, the version of the commandment in Leviticus 19 puts the mother before the father. Virtually every time the Bible mentions attitudes towards parents, both mother and father are mentioned. This is distinctive compared with other parts of the ancient Near East where the status of women was generally lower. There is also this concept of parents being God's image bearers. And therefore God's representatives in bringing children into the world and also to be the main religious teachers of their children. Thus, this commandment is about honoring God through the respect of parents. And I actually think the way our family structures have changed over the centuries make it easier to follow this command more authentically now. We no longer honor our families because it's a prosperity thing. We honor our families out of love for God and love for others, not out of self-service. To honor our parents means to treat them with love and dignity and respect. However, parents have a responsibility too. Parents are called to be those image bearers of God. Parents are called to teach their children about God and to love their children. Does this require perfection of parents? Thank goodness the answer is no. No human parent is perfect. There are so many times a day where I fail as a parent. Just last week, I told my oldest child to stop banging his finger against the iPad when he was frustrated. But later that exact same day, that child came downstairs to find me banging my fingers against that same ridiculous iPad that would not do what it was supposed to do. And he said, Mom, Didn't you say not to do that? And I also do things that I never thought I would do as a parent, like buy my kids Lunchables. I mean, the nutrition value is questionable. But I'll tell you that Cooper will take the nacho cheese Lunchable, and Taylor will take the turkey Lunchable. No parent is perfect. But we're called to be role models for our children and to be God's image bearers to them. And what is the best way to be God's image bearer? It's to love. We're called to love our children through our actions and our words. Prominent theologian Karl Barth writes, God alone is literally father because he alone gives life. But he graciously arranged the world to permit human fatherhood and motherhood. The dignity of parents lies in their capacity to symbolize the Heavenly Father. And when we love God and our children, and our children learn to love, they live that out in their lives. I'm reminded of the book that my oldest child and I call our book. It's called Love You Forever and it's by Robert Munch, and it begins with a mother holding her baby boy, and it reads, A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The book goes on like this through all the stages of the boy's life, and it takes a turn at the end of the book. And it reads, Well, that mother, she got older, she got older and older. One day she called up her son and said, You'd better come see me because I'm very old and very sick. So her son came to see her. When he came in the door, she tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. But she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went to his mother. He picked her up and rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he sang this song, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of the stairs. Then he went to the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping. He picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. This book is a beautiful look at how a parent loved a child And how the child honored the parent and then carried out that legacy of love in his own life. But what happens when a parent isn't honoring God? What happens when a parent is absent or abusive or immoral? What does honor look like then? Honoring parents is a duty for children that comes as a natural response to following God. If a parent is not following God, then a child is not held to the standard of the parent, but rather the standard of God. Remember, this is the part of the Decalogue that is about God's relationship with humanity. The bigger picture here is that the relationship between parent and child should model that of God's relationship with God's children. If a parent is abusive, that's not okay. That is not modeling the love God has with God's children, and a child should not be subjected to that or have to endure that. If a parent is teaching hatred, that is not of God, and a child should not follow that example. God calls us to love. Love, though, does not always mean tolerance. Maybe loving a parent means loving them from a distance especially if they are doing things that could be toxic to you and your family. If you have an earthly parent that has not lived as God's image bearer, I want to remind you that you have a heavenly parent that will not let you down, that is always worthy of honor. And we respond by honoring God, our loving parent, through the way we live. In his book, The Ten Commandments, Peter, Lightheart, offers ways we can live out honoring God and our parents practically. We honor God by praising God, by serving God, by listening to God, and by trusting God. And in the same way, when we honor God, we honor our parents by speaking well of them, by not grumbling or complaining about them. We serve them and help them when needed, especially as they age. We listen to them. We give weight to their advice. Honoring our parents means that we recognize that they have wisdom that we lack. We can show honor by trusting our parents. And I know that can be hard, especially if you are young. I remember when I was a teenager, I thought I knew better than my parents. But here's the thing. When they wouldn't let me go somewhere or made me come home sooner than I wanted, it's because they loved me and they were looking out for my best interest. I needed to trust that. But sometimes I didn't. And if I didn't follow the rules, there were consequences. But I know that they were given out of love. We can honor our parents even by accepting their discipline as a form of loving and learning from our mistakes. As I said, there was a lot I thought I wanted my boys to take away from this sermon. And it's true. There are things I want my boys to learn. But my thoughts and perspective shifted as I prepared. And I decided to write them a letter that I'm going to share with you. Dear Cooper and Taylor, When I became your mom, my world changed for the better. You have taught me more than I think I could ever teach you. You have taught me more about unconditional love and patience than I understood before. You have taught me about how important it is to listen to people and to make sure that their voice is truly heard. You have taught me to look at things with a curious eye and to ask questions. You have taught me how to make friends with strangers in the grocery store. And I hope I am able to teach you things too. Sure, I want you to know how to make your bed and clean your room. But I want so much more than that for you. I hope that I can teach you that God loves you more than you can ever know. That there is nothing in all creation that can separate you from God's love. I want to teach you to be kind to pay attention to people who are left out or on the margins. I want you to be men that honor all those around you, whether at home or when you're out in the world. And I pray that you would be bold in your convictions, but compassionate as you deal with others. And I want you to respect others and listen to others' thoughts and opinions, even those you differ with, with an open mind. I want you to have the scriptures written on your hearts so that on those dark days that will surely come, you will rest in the truth of God's promises and that you will know that God walks with you every step of the way. I pray that you would seek justice, pursue kindness, and walk humbly with God. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I worry that I'm not doing a good enough job. Sometimes I get frustrated way too easily or my patience runs very thin. But I cling to the fact that your dad and I are not alone in this parenting journey. God is at work. God claims you both as part of his family. God will always be your loving parent. And I want you to live as a child of God, always sharing God's love. That is how you'll honor me and your dad. And most of all, That's how you honor God. I'm so humbled and blessed to be called your mama. I love you. Friends, I want my boys to flourish, and God wants each one of us to flourish. That's why we were given these commandments. In fact, the very end of our scripture today says to follow this command so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God Is giving you. God is the parent of us all. God loves us unconditionally. And may we be a people who honor God by living out these commandments in all that we say and do. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, we do thank you for the gift of your commandments for us. And God, we thank you that you are our loving parent, that you know each and every one of us inside and out. And so, Lord, I pray that we would live out your commandments to honor you in all that we say and do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.